Dens. Um, we are recording. Co-host Adam. What's going on, my man? Yeah, I mean, I think like you know, this is something that you know should come. You know, I should call you by nicknames that I call you and stuff. You know, so. oh, that's that's one way to start the uh, the first episode uh, of this podcast. Keep it keep it chill. Keep it real. You know. Yeah. Keep 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 it professional. Well, I I like to say like maybe I was thinking you know maybe I could do like you know fifty percent professional fifty percent extremely not professional you know yeah sounds uh, exactly like you so why would you change? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right, folks this this is our first podcast we're. Uh, jumping right into it, no trailer necessary. Uh, this is the first episode, and hopefully, many of the addict and the counselor podcast. Hopefully, the audience enjoys it. Uh, really enjoys our dynamic, uh, our dialogue, our conversation, our experiences. Uh, hopefully, takes something with it. Ideally, listens uh, week in week out. What are, what are your thoughts about that? No, I think it sounds great. So sounds far. great. I like what I like what you're putting out there. All right, all right, all right. So great. We, we've talked. Yeah. We've, we've spoken obviously before, and you know we have a fairly long history together. Um, so I think you know the audience may benefit from how in the world did we uh, did we connect. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I, I think we should back up for a second, right? We didn't actually do intros. People don't know who, who the addict is and who the counselor is. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're, yeah. All right. Why don't you, why don't you do your intro? So folks, my name is Barbaros Dindler and I will be the counselor for this podcast. My name is Adam Taylor and I will be the addict for this podcast. Yeah. Um, so you and I have talked before. We've been talking actually for a few months about starting a podcast uh, together and thinking of ways that we can kind of share our stories, our experiences, our connection um, to the greater audience. Um, and I think you know there there is a rec- you know a recognition you know socially that addiction is uh, alive and well. It, it is rampant in every single society. And so we thought, uh, why not kind of combine two parts of it and give the audience an opportunity to listen to uh, what a counselor uh, goes through uh, with some experiences providing, you know, mostly individual therapy uh, to folks who struggle with a substance use disorder. Mm. And you will, and you and Adam, you'll be sharing. Yes, I will be sharing my, um, my history and beginning su- using substances and moving into recovery for like long-term recovery and spiraling out of control eventually um, to a um, what's turned into um, over six years of, of chronic relapsing, I guess you call it. Mm. Yeah. In and out, yeah. in and out. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 uh, you know, as, as your, as your friend, as someone who cares deeply about you, um, that has been, you know, very, very difficult to, to, to be a part of, but, um, I'm in full support of where you are now, obviously the sober, uh, Adam is is the one that I like the most, uh, I never actually experienced hands-on with the addict, Adam behaves like or looks like, but uh, I, I don't want to imagine that nor experience that. So um, hopefully this is therapeutic for you, cathartic for you to talk openly about your experiences, your, your struggles uh, uh, and your su- successes uh, with me yeah. as, as we've been open uh, with each other for quite a long time. Uh, so I think it would be really cool, I think, for the audience to figure out, like, how in the world does Adam and Barbaros come together? Like how right. did our worlds collide, right? So do you want to share, yes. uh, you, you want yes. to start with, 
your your side of things, and I'll, I'll fill I'll fill in any holes that you might be uh, leaving out. Yeah, no, I do. I want to. I do want to say too, like you know, um, throughout the years, through our friendship, you know, I've always found our conversations um, very therapeutic too and helpful. You know, so I just wanted to to say that I've always um, appreciated your friendship and your your feedback. You know, I, awesome. It comes through. It comes through how much you care about me. All right, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, which gets me excited about this this venture, and I, yeah. I'm thinking back. I'm thinking of you know when did we first meet? And I was working at at um working at a, a local rehab, and I think at the time, I think it was you know I want to say 2008 ish. If that sounds about right, you know what's you know what's wild, Adam, is that. Um, I'm, I, I obviously live in New Jersey and I've been in New Jersey for probably going on 11 years come August. So, so prior to moving down, I was working at said treatment program in Danvers, Mass, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a, a, a multi-unit or, or I should say multi-level of care uh, building which housed a a men's inpatient detox, a women's inpatient detox. Um, Also had at some point, uh, I'm not sure if you forgot, but had a a woman's shelter, homeless shelter to a certain point. uh, Yeah. And then the the hallway that you and I shared was the left side of the hallway um, of this facility was the program uh, that I was hired as the program manager was called CSS. And I believe that stands for or stood for uh, Community sta- uh, Stabilization Services, CSS. Uh, uh, wrong. Clinical wrong? Stabilization Services. Oh, yeah. God. I love hey, hey. let you know when you're wrong. Not often, but when it's there, I, and I pick up right on it, you know. Um, you, you, give me some only, credit. It's it's only been 13, 14 years since I've worked there. Whatever. I mean, you ran the pro that program for how long? A couple of years, right? I mean, you should. Um, two years, two. Two. Yeah. So I think when you yeah. came in, I was either I was already running uh, that um, the program for transitional age group, seventeen to twenty five, who struggled with opiate use disorder. Um, and I'm not quite sure, but at some point during that time, I also began running the managing the, the that woman's homeless shelter that you, you mentioned. And I don't know if when that exactly yeah. happened. But at one point, it was both of those, and it was craziness from what I can remember because you had, like you said, on that unit that we shared, that second floor of the had, building, we had the female detox program. We had the woman's shelter program we had the css program clinical stabilization services and we had the um the the other program there the, the youth program this well transitional yeah. age 70 to 25 um, well, there, there was a name to it wasn't there adam well can i say the name like i'm you know i don't know if you know do i do i say names or a program why, why not why not all right yeah, it was called the Heat Program, stood for Heroin Education Awareness Task Force. And um, see, I remembered the programs that I ran, Bob Rose, unlike you. <laughs> um, Digs, shots and, fired. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and we, we collaborated with that program. We collaborated with, um, with the courthouse that um, we got referrals from and collaborated with with the local courthouse, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think let's, let's step back for a second and, and try to like, and, and we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, look, look, I think we should step back and try to like help the audience visualize like our unit, our, our floor, right? Cause it was a unique yeah. setup that actually was conducive to both like treatment and early recovery experiences, like multiple, running programs using common spaces in ways that were 
productive, but then also unproductive. Right. So from what I can remember, we had the nurse's station kind of right when you came up the stairs and entered the unit, you had the nurse's station there. And on the left hallway, long hallway, you had the female detox program. Nope, I'm wrong. Or am I right? No, no you're right. You're right. No. You're right. You're right. Female you're right. detox program, and you had the women's homeless shelter. The female detox program was about 15 clients, from what I can remember. And the women's homeless shelter, I believe it was 12-ish. Um, I, I, and then... I, I, I the, and then hold on. Hmm. Hold on for one second. Hold, hold that thought. I think we should all. I think we should also say that the treatment program that we work for, the agency we work for, was a nonprofit agency. So for folks yes. who don't, have never experienced, you know, inpatient or any kind of drug treatment program, nonprofit treatment programs, you know, run on bare bones services, both on the like the financial side, the services side, the food side, the accommodation side. So. This for sure was not a lavish, you know, cushy treatment program. Right. It was raw. It was, okay. you know, mostly right. folks who are uninsured, yeah. uh, state funded or Medicaid funded, right. which in Massachusetts, you know, right. it's, it's called Ma- Mass Health. Right. And yeah, I mean, these, the programs that we worked in, that would, it was the perfect type of program that like I would stay away from going into in the past six years. You know, the nonprofit. <laughs> so I would stay away from these types of programs and go to, mm-hmm. you know, the mid grade to upper scale, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, yeah. so that good description. Like, I'm glad you said that. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So I, I was going to also say, like, when, when I first started, you know, back in, let's say, I, I forget even what the year, 2010, 11, I think it was. Um, so where the nurse's station that Adam is describing, folks, is that it, it is a half-walled desk, like almost U-shaped. You can enter from the right side or the left side. There was maybe one computer there. A bunch of chairs, uh, charts were there of all four programs. Um, and uh, I forget what the, the staff, like the daily staff sometimes were housed there, but the nurses were generally there kind of observing you know, the students on the, uh, the students, the clients on the unit, um, anything they, they may have needed, they would kind of come up. Uh, so Bob Rose, Bob Rose slipped right there and said students because he now works for a big university as a substance use coordinator, right? So that's why he said. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, sorry, folks. I, I think Adam and I will shift languages many times about clients, uh, patients, students, uh, as our experience, both professionally and personally, have kind of been interwoven uh, in, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. But I, w- I was describing, like, right after the nurse's station on the left was this, quote, unquote, group therapy <laughs> for, for the women on that side. And I distinctly remember this, like, Salvation Army hand-me-down, disgusting... 1963 couch <laughs> mm. that was in that space and i'm just and i you know just looking at it being like why would anyone even sit on that let alone do group therapy in there but again folks <laughs> like these treatment programs don't have enough money to buy nicer furniture for their clients to kind of sit in experience be comfortable in and so they take things you know uh, from the community, any volunteering, yeah. any donations really goes a long way for the population that we were serving uh, b- back then. And so if you can imagine a hallway with, you know, this carpet that ran all the way through and generally speaking about four bedrooms to the left housing anywhere between four to six, maybe even eight people per room on the left side and then simultaneously on the right side, it was a kind of the same setup, you know, four, four rooms housing anywhere between the same number. And so our corridor, the right side, if you were walking into the unit was the same setup. Um, As you walked down the hallway, the left side, 
same thing. I think I, I, when I first started, I want to say maybe it was 15 beds. And so out of, you know, those beds were divided out of three or four rooms and Adam's program uh, was on the right side. Uh, and then straight in, like that's straight in front of the, uh, the nurse station, but yeah. right there in the kitty corner was this <laughs> uh, bubble. TV the bubble. area, the bubble, we used to affectionately call it, but there was glass on most of it, two doors on the left, one door on the left side, one door on the right side. And there was a, I believe, was there a soda machine and a vending machine or just a vending machine? <laughs> Yes, there was there was soda machine and vending machine, but you guys started doing group in the bubble in that area too, right? You remember that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, th this place, uh, you know, was linoleum flooring. There were one rinky cobble, flat screen TV. They got some and a like hard chair cushion. Um, we do, you know be and time us my supply i said usefully if uses the other had that because one of the tools of the agency in that facility was that there is no co-mingling of the programs so my program you know couldn't co-mingle with the women's detox or shelter uh the heat program that adam ran was a little bit challenging because we were across the hall so we tried to, you know, you know, do our best, but, uh, you know, right. it's very difficult to manage, right. you know, 25 okay. people in early recovery. Right. Uh, so we early, have... early, oh, folks, early recovery. We're talking like seven, you know, seven days with a detox day. Right. And so you're just, you're, you're in it for sure. Right. So we, yeah, like you said, they weren't able to, to programs. We didn't want the program to co-mingle. Um, and even though like our, like the heat program was co-ed, your program was co-ed, you had right. two co-ed programs, then you had a ton of females on the other side as well. It was yeah. just, it was madness. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the, for the audience to imagine, you know, you have again, people, you know, really struggling with mental health and absolutely addiction, very, very raw in their feelings. And then having, you know, the opposite sex, you know, across the hallway. And so uh, Adam and I got really good at kind of figuring out, you know, who's trying to commingle with somebody else, leaving notes in the vending machines for somebody else to come <laughs> pick up. I mean, it, it, it was yeah. that, that I mean, was we were really a lot of our work. Yeah, I mean, we were really detectives and I felt like you know, <laughs> we were more detectives than, than like substance use providers, you know, we. We'd go, you know, we'd look at each other, you know, we'd find a piece of evidence and we'd go into our office and sit down and, you know, what's our next move? This is what we're going to do. They're doing this. And, you know, uh, you know, it took away really from, you know, providing good the care. care really, you know, yeah. disrupted. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah. a further description, like <laughs> a, a, as you kind of entered the milieu, as we used to jokingly also say, you know, the, 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 the actual. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Ooh, so, the milieu. What's going on in the milieu today, Bob? The, <laughs> the, the, the unit. The unit sounded very correctional, right? It was very punitive, right. kind of sounding, right? So we're trying to make it oh, softer. But the milieu, the milieu is upside down today, Bob. Like, <laughs> you know? uh, so, uh, so there was a small little hallway. To the to the right, as, as almost as soon as you entered, and Adam, your office was there, and my office was right next to yours. Uh, there was also a laundry room, so that some of our clientele can actually wash their clothes, uh, depending on like length of stay and stuff like that. And there was a larger office where there was at least two or three uh, desks there, and um, the, the clinical supervisor for CSS was stationed there at some point, and then also. Uh, the aftercare coordinator, and I and I want to say what like yeah. your coordinator was also stationed there uh, to some point at some yes. point. Yeah, 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 correct. So, yeah. Uh, so, what 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 was your? Uh, well, let me let me back up for a second because my interview with that agency was really wonky and it really got me concerned. 
So I want to kind of just share mm-hmm. that like for, for a few, you know, for a few seconds here. So I was actually working at a methadone clinic in Hudson, New Hampshire at, at the at the time. And I was living in Amesbury. And so if anyone can imagine from that area, you know, I was driving, I think 50 or 60 miles one way to get to work. And so I wanted something a little closer to home and this, you know, job appeared and I applied for it. And I had the interview scheduled with the facilities director. Uh, her name was Cheryl. Uh, I'm sure she would appreciate us bringing her up in this podcast. Um, so, you know, you know, do the whole thing, you know, show up in a suit and tie, you know, with a you know, portfolio, you know, with a notepad and my resume, et cetera. I get there and to check at the front desk and they tell me that, well, Cheryl isn't here. And I'm like, excuse me, I have an interview scheduled. It was something like, you know, she got sick or something else came up or whatever. No, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to cut you off again like I've been doing, but correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. You had, you had an in over there a little bit because you went to school with the, the clinical director or something, right? Something like that. Well, well you knew he helped you with the interview process anyways, right? Um, uh, I'll, I'll get there. I'll, I'll get there. All right. I was there and Joanne, the detox clinical supervisor, I believe either had time or uh, made time for me. And so I actually interviewed with her and not even Cheryl. And that conversation went very, very well. Uh, it, ju- it just my assessment of our conversation, uh, you know, my mindset of, of providing care, managing, supervising, you know, the, that whole kind of thing. And so I believe and I'm grateful for Joanne to then, I believe, share that positive message with Cheryl uh, and kind of, you know, that's how I got hired. I think what you're referencing, yeah. Adam, is the treatment program that I worked in Hudson, the, what was his title? I want to say program director. I'll just go with that title. But he was up there. He was actually overseeing three methadone clinics in, in New Hampshire. He was a former employee of that ag- agency in Danvers, and he worked there for quite a long time. Uh, donated his own money, um, you know, moved to the ranks, etc. And the other unique thing was, um, I, it was just, I believe that was the case. He also graduated from Leslie University, which was my alma mater for grad school too. So there was a lot of interwovenness that kind of came through uh he was one of my yeah. references and so I, I obviously think that you know he he put a good word for me um yeah. so um you know sometime later i you know i got offered the position and uh i started there and you were already established you know there i mean you- oh so, let me yeah I'll speak a little bit about yeah now so you know my history by the time you came in i was already i was working there since one. And wow. 2008, and I I came in 01. I I was about a year, like nine months sober, I think, wanting to you know save everyone from substance, you know, from addiction, right? <laughs> Superhero. And, yeah, I'm gonna save the world from you know what's going on here, and you know I can help when you know no no one else can type of thing, you know, and. Um, yeah, yeah, I interviewed for one for direct care, like an orderly direct care recovery special, you know, programs use different language. Um, it's like an entry, entry level position. If you yeah, really want to work right. in, in a substance use program. Yeah. Right. right. So as in at the, uh, overnight shift, now I did not want to do overnight, but I just wanted to, you know, get my foot in the door and see if I liked it, mm-hmm. there, you know? Yeah. So my first year there did overnight direct care work. Um, and back then, like they had us like take patients, take clients, um, you know, blood pressure and pulse. Like we did that as direct <laughs> care. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, you know, a lot of like, you know, a lot of it was until like observation checklist, you know, make sure, make sure they're breathing, you know, and like overnight, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, you, you go in and you just, and you make sure that they're that they're breathing. You get an alcoholics up every two hours for for um, you know medication for withdrawal, um, and you know every four hours you're waking up the opiate addicts for their medication. And that's you know that was my first year. And then I 
a, a day shift position opened and second year began working seven to three shift and about midway through that that second year as direct care the, the clinical director came up to me and he said what do you think about becoming a case manager I'm like case manager he's like, I, mm. like you're pretty he said i think you're you know you're pretty good at what you're doing you know connecting with clients i'm like what i'm actually freaking good at this you know because like <laughs> i didn't really have career path from 16 to 20 21 i worked at stop and shop you know um, and mm. didn't really, you know, I was caught up in my addiction, got clean at 21. I really still knowing what I wanted to do and, um, you know, trying out the addiction stuff in the clinical director here, you know, said I was actually good at this, you know, so I was promoted a case manager and um, did that for, I was in that role for, from 03 to Oh five, and then got promoted to senior counselor position. Um, so basically, that's like the the clinical director's like kind of right hand person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, overseeing yeah, the other think. case managers. Right, overseeing case management. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that, and then I even did some. You know, while I was in that role, I did some. I, I did outpatient suboxone counseling, so helping out with that outpatient program a little bit. And, um, and then, and I believe it was, oh, eight got promoted to the woman's homeless shelter program manager. And then a little while, I'm not, my time is like, time frame's kind of messed up a little bit, but yeah. you know, not maybe six months or nine months later, something happened where the, the, pro, the program manager for that heat program, something happened and they decided to combine like the position of like the woman's homeless shelter and the heat program. So I just became, you know, manager for both of those programs. Um, so like, so, so, so it kind of fell in your lap. So, yeah, I mean, I just moved up, you know, kind of moved up the, the ladder there, you know, and uh, no, no, but that, that, the agency, that. the agency merged, like not merged, but like, like dissolved, one, what like one of the managers and just kind of was just like oh just oversee both programs like, yeah from what i can remember it pretty much went down like that i mean you know they they i remember cheryl having a conversation with me about you know about combining the positions and I'm like yeah sure i mean how much more you know i'm thinking like you know, what's, what's the benefit for me? I'm going to be taking on more clients, you know, more program, mm -hmm. you know, different program roles. You need to, you know, separate, well, this program does treatment this way. You know, this program has a whole different set of, you know, expectations for, you know, for that, you know, the other program and, you know, what's, you know, how's this going to benefit me? And, you know, you think you're going to get, you know, a nonprofit, like a bump in pay is not, <laughs> what it should be, you know. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like tw it's like twenty five fifty cents an hour increases. Yeah. So, right. So you know they, you know what they could. The thing is, is like I was, they could have offered me anything, and I still would have jumped at it. You know, just yeah. to like get more experience and and you know be more, um, you know, sure. be be more helpful. You know, um, and yeah, and so like, but our relationship though there for, you know, the, the two years or whatever, we were together there. Um, you know, I think, I feel like we really relied on each other a ton, you know, because we, we, you know, we had to, we didn't have any other options. It was do or die on that unit, on that <laughs> million, million, you know? Um, you're, you're making it seem like it was a war zone and we had to, it kind of back was. to back, you know. Or, I know, I, it's kind of was. Strong. I had to go up my armor. I definitely like felt that way sometimes. Hey, you know, you know, I, you know I felt that way. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, and that, that I'm kind of reflecting on it, like for that floor, like you were the only male, and then when I came in, I was the second male. But the other yeah. case managers, even the other supervisors, yeah. anyone that was there for even a few years, that that like most of the employees were mostly female. Yes. Yeah. 
So like, would, you know, I think that, hey, that, hey, that was actually now that I remember your first like week there, like I definitely remember saying that to you. Oh, it's so good to have another guy here. Yes. Yeah, you know, right? Do you remember that or am I Absolutely. No, no, you're you're, you're right on. By by the elevator. Like I'm I re- I remember it now like it was yesterday. I haven't, you know. Yeah. Thanks so God you're here, Bob Rose. Like I was saying. <laughs> There's a there's another one like me. <laughs> there's somebody else who cares. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I you know honestly, you know, for me seeing you, right? Because you are I, you and I are the same age. Yeah. Right. Right. You were born in seventy nine. You're you're um you're older. You're older than me. Be quiet. How how much older am I than you? Listen, I was born in nineteen eighty. Oh, you're one of those babies. All right, none, yeah. nonetheless, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's an eight. You know, there's only a one-year age difference. And in my experience, and I kid you not, of every single program that I worked in prior to coming and meeting you for the first time, I was always mm-hmm. the youngest clinician. And you had people who were there, you know, who were in their 40s and 50s and even 60s, you know, with 10 or 15 years experience. And here's this kind of this this young whippersnapper, right? You know, taking on the world and, and, and trying to kind of like fix things. That, w- that was a hard thing to kind of come through. And I absolutely definitely connected with you. I'm like, here's another guy, right? Another connection, but also same age that has the same yeah. like mentality about treatment programs, which is give the folks right. the best care, be attentive, you know, be mindful, be intentional, uh, and great things can kind of happen, you know, from that. And yeah, I was I was absolutely drawn to you, you know, f- for just you know those few factors. And we started to you know con- connect on many different you know levels. But that was absolutely you know the draw, for sure. Yeah, and we can yeah, I mean we can we can talk more about our really you know our friendship, you know. You know, throughout this, you know, um, but we have, I mean, you know, I remember you, you and your now wife coming, you know, for you, when you first met her coming over for date night, you know, over my, my home, you know, we've, we've been, we've, we've been close yeah. for a while, you know, I think about that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think too, um, like what, what, one of the interesting things, like very early on, I, and I can say this now because I mean this this is going back like ten or fifteen, you know, like cl- close to fifteen years ago. Um, yeah. Like I, I still had because of the environments I worked in, and I didn't get a chance to experience the transition from like active addiction to like stability to then recovery. Right, you had disclosed, I think, in a even jokingly way. at the aftercare coordinator room and I was in there for some reason and I think that's when you self-disclosed that I think you were in recovery that didn't come out right away you know from you to me yeah yeah and so I was just like yeah like because you know you were you know well put together you you know spoke well you were obviously very very dedicated there was no like edge about you that I think the average person thinks of when they hear someone in either like early recovery or even someone in recovery like that's there's just like mentality of the edge and i had that stereotype and so when you said like you're in recovery i'm like dude there's no edge to you like what roughness did you go through in your addiction that like (laughs) you're here now like but you had shared it so when when you met so when you met me i had probably about seven years clean i think yeah point yeah, yeah, I believe I believe that's you know yeah, um, and so I'm not, I'm not sure you remember it was like in around that same kind of conversation. Um, I I, I hope I hope this is okay, <laughs> but I mean it, it's it's on your body. I I think it's still on your body, but you ended up like unbuttoning your button-up shirt and then taking out one sleeve, and then you showed me the twelve steps tattooed on <laughs> what is it your right arm yeah yeah so yeah on my right arm. so in 2000 
to when I celebrated a year, my first year clean, my gift to myself was to get a tattoo. And I, I didn't have any tattoos. I didn't really, I didn't even like tattoos, but I got this idea <laughs> of like, you know, what am I going to get, give myself as a gift? A great like, symbol. Get a tattoo. Yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo. And I went to this place in Everett that was doing tattoos, even though it was like illegal still at the time in mass. <clears throat> and I went to, I went to this place called House of Pain. You know, if that doesn't turn you on to a tattoo, I don't know what will, right? <laughs> oh, give me pain, right? So, like, I go into this place, and I'm like, I want, like, stairs leading up to, like, you know, St. Peter or, like, gates of heaven type of thing. <laughs> but I want there to be 12 steps, you know, like, you know, signifying the for traditional AA model, yeah. yeah. Yeah, leading up to, to the gates, right? So, you know, he does this thing and it doesn't, didn't really hurt at all. I'm like, screw you and your pain. You're telling me I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna hurt and your name is pain and there's nothing, you know, didn't really hurt much at all. And I get this tattoo and after I left, I'm like, I'm never getting a tattoo again. I don't even, you know, it's fine. And it's not like, it's not like the best tattoo. Like it doesn't even really look that great, honestly. It, oh, wasn't it, looks, it looks absolutely awful, Adam. That, that, that looks like. Right. Thank you. Like yeah, I got it, it in looks, jail. Like I got it. In it jail. really does look like a, a like a jailhouse tat. You know, someone. Well, I, I paid one hundred twenty-five dollars for this thing. At, I mean, twenty-two years old. You know, I, I worth every penny. Paycheck, and I bought you know this tattoo. You know, and <laughs> so that's that. But so I do, I do. You know, we are winding down a little bit. You know, we're at thirty. Yeah, thirty-seven minutes. Almost thirty-seven uh, minutes of our first podcast. Yes, so exciting stuff. Um, yeah, the, the, the addict so and the counselor. <laughs> so, what what do people have to look forward? You know, up ahead. You know what? You know, so you know, I'm going to share. You know, deeply or you know, very honestly, openly. You're going to give some brief counseling interventions. You know, intertwined. You're a close friend of mine, so you can kind of cut cut right to the chase a lot of times. But with that, you know, we have like some. You know, some cool, you know, I don't know if they're cool, but some messed up stories, we, you know, I can share and, you know, where where I'm at maybe today sometimes. And what am I am I on point with what what people are to expect or what I'm to expect, actually? <laughs> well, I mean, this is my first podcast, too. Right. This is not something that I'm experiencing. But, yeah, I, I think our intentionality of creating this podcast is that the listener can you know, hear the way that we connect and hear the way that we speak and hear kind of what we go through on, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, again, you personally and me professionally, so they could just really understand like how these two worlds kind of collide. And for some folks' lives, they collide every single day. And mm -hmm. so we know, right, you and I know that there's a bunch of people who will never be open and honest about they're either substance use and or treatment of substance use, right? It's, it's a very uh, stigmatized, uh, heavily biased thing. And so it's kind of secretive. And so our aim right. is to like break free of those chains and just saying like, hey, Adam is a human being. He has issues with substances and he's working on them. And I, as a counselor, I have my own issues. Uh, and I've been dedicated to this field for over 21 years at this point. Uh, and these are the things that I've employed. I've seen myself. I've interacted with, uh, you know, impact that it had is on the communities that I've lived in, uh, you know, cultural connected communities. And so I think it's really opening up the doors for people to kind of hear us, you know, speak openly and honestly um, that, you know, this thing happens and it's probably happening in many of our listeners' lives. And so hopefully they connect with you know, pieces of it and either get help for themselves or get help for a family member and, and, and find the best you know level of care for themselves. And, you know, one day interact with someone like Adam who has a period of sobriety or interact with a counselor, someone like me who um, is really passionate about helping people get better. Yeah. 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 Very good. I love it. So, so we're doing 40, 45 minutes or what are we doing? But, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think you want to just let the 
you know, the, you know, the conversations are really in depth. And so we're probably shooting for like the 45 minute marker, but we also okay. spoke uh, a few days ago about the kind of the organization of uh, these podcasts. And we decided that at the end of each podcast, we, we would end with the five controversies, right. To show the audience that, uh, we don't always get along. We don't always agree. We agree to disagree. And we have opinions that are uh, are connected. And sometimes, you know, it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I think a lot of people would uh, feel the same way about these five controversies. I'm sure, you know, these are most things that people have kind of come across in their ev- average everyday life. And we just want to kind of shine a light to it. And Adam will share his opinion on some of these controversies and I will share my opinion and hopefully uh, the audience will get a kick out of it. Mm. All right. So you ready for the first one? Oh, we're going to do that right now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Right out. Right out. All right. So the five controversies is going to be five. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. All right. Five subject matter that is oppositional. So it's one or the other. There's no neutrality here. you got to pick one. Yeah. All right. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right, first it. one. Do you purchase or prefer Pepsi over Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola, obviously. Now, Coca-Cola Classic, because it has the classic in it. I, I, I go towards that, like, classic type of person. You know, just better. <laughs> Plus, Christmas, I'm a big fan of Christmas as holiday of preference. And Christmas kind of has the you know, the, the market on Coca-Cola Classic with, like, the whole Santa Claus on the old mm, glass Coke deep. bottle. And, you know, I kind Very of think deep. of that picture, you know? Yeah, I mean, right off the rip, that's what I that's what I, that's what I would do. How about you? I, 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 I lean heavily on Coca-Cola. I, I think it tastes a little, like, bitter in, in a good way. I think Pepsi, for me, in comparison, is too, too sweet or sweeter than Coca-Cola. Mm. So, kind of, I, I shy away from it, so... When I go out and purchase, you know, soda, it's it's Coca Cola every day over over Pepsi. Yeah, no. So we agree on that. And you know something? In my response, I didn't even mention the taste. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was totally like Santa classic. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's March. Too. It's March seventh, and you're talking about Christmas. Oh my god. Oh All right. Next, yeah. next one. This, this, this one's a huge right. controversy. I mean, many people have kind of argued over this. Over yeah. or under toilet paper? Mm, I think under. It's just easier to to grab. Absolutely you know? not. You're a cra- you're a crazy person. Over. Over is a million times easier. It rolls that way. Like under is you're almost counterclockwise to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. You come come to my house. You come to my house. Every single time is over. No matter what's going on, that is my preferred way of handling toilet pepper. Next. Yeah, yeah, Next. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So another one, I think you know, you and I definitely have probably have experienced both of these things, and I think <clears throat> most people have. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King, Burger King, because they they grilled. I I heard that they you know like grill a lot of their flame. food. I like grilled, flame broiled. It's you know it's better. Plus they have the original chicken sandwich. Which is like, you know, my go-to there, um, the original. Um, hey, you know, I'm catching a theme with like my my products. Classic, Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> Your definition of classic. It doesn't make it classic. Stop it. Original. The chicken sandwich. Original. So yeah, no, and it. I think um, the burgers are better too. Um, the only thing that McDonald's has better is probably the fries, but mm. I could. Or leave that, you know. Yeah. Like some good, some good. It's healthy, I, you know. But I will say, I will say, fast food. I try to stay away from it because, like, it's so good it's initially. The worst, and worst food on the planet. Twenty minutes, 
20 minutes, I'm feeling it in every way possible, mentally, <laughs> emotionally, and physically. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say McDonald's. Um, I, I think their, like, compactness of their sandwiches was a lot more kind of appealing, kind of almost, like, easier to eat. And also, where I grew up in Mid- – hold on a second. Where I grew up in Methuen, it, like, as, okay. as a young teen, pre-driving – is the closest fast food was McDonald's. Burger King was like maybe a block and a half further down. So like if we were walking with friends and we're hungry, we're not still walking another like 200 yards. We're hitting the first thing. And McDonald's is something yeah, we pretty sure quite often. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you need to be section 12 after that response. That's freaking crazy. You're out of your goddamn, you're out of your mind. It's, hey. not, even, it's not even comparison. Well, well, McDonald's has served, you know, remember that sign that McDonald's has served over like a billion people? BK never had that sign. They never had to, they never had to to use that as a promotion, as an advertisement. They never had there. Because it would be false advertising. BK's false, it would be false advertising. Mickey D's had the numbers. Burger King's exhibiting some humility. On their part, on their end, they don't need to show up. A giant corporation showing humility. You eat their stuff. That enough is that's enough. That's enough for you. All right, enough. Enough. Chicken original. Anyway, talking. Stop talking. Say it again. Oh, okay. Um, Manual or electric? Electric toothbrush. Yeah, I mean. I haven't had an electric toothbrush in a while, although I favor electric toothbrush. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, it's easier on the teeth. I don't, and plus, I'm someone like I don't like physical labor and the brushing, the manual part of it. Like anytime you're saying manual, it's just a turn off to me. So for me, <laughs> so you know, it's electrical. It does it kind of on its own. It's guiding. You know, I just guide it a little bit. Very delicately guide it through my teeth, front, back, yeah. side, you know, everywhere around. Uh, <clears throat> tongue, don't and, forget the tongue. And, and, and yeah. for the audience, if you ever get the chance to see Adam in person, you will absolutely recognize that he is not a manual labor type of human being. No, I mean, that, is just not, the, that is the physical makeup of I, this human being is just listen, I told really a, into. I told a, <laughs> I told a friend the other day, actually, it's funny that we bring that this comes up. I told a friend the other day, you know, just about <laughs> physical labor. Um, you know, I just, I just kind of require 24 hours notice so I can get mentally prepared for the labor <laughs> part of it, you know? Like, Stretch out, hey, you know, like, don't pull a hamstring. Do you want me help me move on Tuesday? Okay, well, today's Sunday. So, yeah, that I can get up for that, you know? It's the, <laughs> hey... You know, while you're here, you want to do help me with this sort of thing. Uh, oh my god, that's you know, I, I'll do it, but I'll dread it. And, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I I myself converted uh, to electric about I would say five or so years ago. Uh, my wife uh, wanted to go electric, and I was not purchasing a hundred dollar toothbrush without me getting in on some of that. My preference over the electric over manual, it's self-timed, right? And so the manual, you have no idea how long you're brushing your teeth. And there is a requirement, according to dentists, of how long you should be brushing your teeth. And so I've noticed even my teeth being whiter with using electric because it just turns off automatically, which means I know I have to keep on brushing for the whole time. So big fan of the electric. If people can you know, get in on it. Uh, and go for it. All right. So this is a big one. I, I think it's a fairly big one. We'll end, you know, the podcast on on this controversy. Oreos, okay. Oreos versus chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I don't really do too many. I don't do Oreos all that often. I mean, I do, I'm a chocolate chip guy. Um, you know, that's you know, that's it's kind of old fashioned. You know, um, it's kind of classic. It's kind of original. Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> There's that theme again. <laughs> Adam being original and authentic. I like to dunk the chocolate chip cookie in the milk if I'm going that route. Although I do not drink a lot of milk like that. So it needs to be a real special occasion for me to do that. I think drinking milk alone 
you know, at a far as you know, a, an adult man or whatever. I just think it's like kind of five year oldish, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, yeah, personal opinion. But anyways, so yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. A uh, big fan of uh, chocolate chip cookies, especially softer chocolate chip cookies. But if I'm gonna dunk it in milk, um. Yeah, the chocolate chip cookies are you know much more flavorful. You got the you know the individual chocolate chips. It's just a great connection, you know, compared to kind of you know Oreos. So chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, all you know what? yeah, yeah. And my mom makes a great chocolate chip cookie. And you know something? What I used to you ever do this? You throw the chocolate chip cookie in the milk, the glass of milk, and you use a spoon and you crunch oh. it off. You know, you really you know go yeah. at it. It's, it, it becomes like, like you know, like this, like, like thick, dough, soupy, yeah, oatmeal-ish. Yeah. Ah, it's yeah, fantastic, absolutely. The, the, the more, co- yeah, the more cookies, the better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I really like Our, that. I like this part, this part of it, you know, this segment. Yeah, the five, whatever yeah so, yeah, the five controversies. Yeah. We'll, we'll end, we'll end every, every session with, you know, the five controversies that, you know, hopefully the audience will get polarized. Uh, have these conversations with you know the people that they live with or whomever uh get the conversation going hopefully people tune in and you and i will hopefully you know um do these um co-hosting podcasts um every week and hopefully folks enjoy it um people will be able to access uh, these podcasts through uh spotify primarily but they will uh, be able to access them through other uh, podcast platforms also um Adam and I also have a Gmail. So if folks want to write in, uh, ask us any questions or ask us anything to talk about uh, on our podcast, we'll do so. Uh, the, the email is theaddictandthecounselor at gmail. So again, it's theaddictandthecounselor, all one word, at gmail.com. So email us, uh, let us know what's going on, uh, how we can help, how we can kind of enlighten the conversation, uh, bring it to the forefront. And uh, we want to be of service. We want to help out anyone that's out there. You got anything over there? <laughs> I'm all out. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're done with yeah, the conversation. I, I, think, I, think it went, yeah, I think it went great. First episode, right. I think, you know, we're giving background information on us. And I think that going forward, it's just, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. So. Killed it. Killed it for sure. For sure. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Thank you. All right. All right. We'll 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 see everybody uh, next week. All right. I'll see you. All right. All right. Bye.